Welcome to Recovering My Inner Child. My name is Kawan Saluja. Our first reading comes from Melody Beatty's The Language of Letting Go, and the topic is Step 10. Continue to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Once if we have worked our way to the step, we can maintain and increase our self-esteem by regularly working Step 10. This step incorporates the process we've gone through in Steps 4 through 9. We do not work this step to punish ourselves or to hold ourselves under a constantly critical and demeaning microscope. We do it to maintain self-esteem and harmony in a relationship with others and ourselves. We do it to stay on track. When an issue or problem emerges and needs our attention, identify it and openly discuss it with at least one safe person and God. Accept it. Yeah, one safe person and God. And I'm, what I realize is I don't have the luxury of trying to figure out things by myself and it's much more fun and easy and you know for you know there is no right or wrong but much more healthy to talk with another person and certainly to pause during the day and ask god for help with the next right action because that's really what life is it's just really the next right action it's not like some magical outcome 15 years from now that is going to produce a moment of happiness before going on Twitter and being miserable again. It's just the next right step. And what I like about step 10 is also the daily aspect of it, or the reminder that this is just one day at a time. Back to the reading. Become willing to let go of it. Ask God to take it from us. Have a change of heart by the willingness to make whatever a man is called for, to do what is necessary to take care of ourselves. Take an appropriate action to resolve the matter. Then let go of the guilt and shame. This is a simple formula for taking care of ourselves. This is how we change. This is how we become changed. This is the process for healing and health. This is the process for achieving self-responsibility and self-esteem. The next time we do something that bothers us, the next time we feel off track or off course, we don't have to waste our time or energy feeling ashamed. We can take a 10 step. Let the process happen and move on with our life. Wow. You can take 10 steps on big things too. Back to the reading. God, help me make this step and other steps a habitual way of responding to life and my issues. Help me know that I am free to live, to allow myself to fully experiment with and experience life. If I get off course or if an issue arises that demands my attention, help me deal with it by using the 10th step. The next reading also comes from Melody Beatty's The Language of Letting Go, and the topic is finding direction. I used to spend so much time reacting and responding to everyone else's life that my life had no direction. Wow, that see, that's the case in a dysfunctional family. That can be a case when you submit to peer pressure, but at a certain point, I think taking responsibility for finding that direction, um, you know, and, and going for it lies with me. Other people's lives, and, and the fact that it may be too late or too early, is irrelevant. Like, a lot of these thoughts are irrelevant. Complete minutiae. Actually, reading, other people's lives, problems, and wants set the course for my life. Once I realized it was okay for me to think about and identify what I wanted, you know, play and sports, uh, fun, adventure, sex, romance, creativity, you know, having fun for a living. Back to reading. Once I realized it was okay for me to think about and identify what I wanted, remarkable things began to take place in my life. I love this reading. 
Signed, Anonymous. We each have a life to live, one that has purpose and meaning. We can help our higher power give direction and purpose to our life by setting goals. We can set goals annually, monthly, or daily in times of crisis. Goals create direction and pace. Goals help us achieve a manageable life that is directed in the course we choose for ourselves. We can help give our lives direction by setting goals. Today, I will pay attention to setting a course of action for my life, rather than letting others control my life and affairs. God, that one was one of my favorite ones, I think, ever. Now we move to ACA Strengthening My Recovery, and the topic is Solution Love. We learn to repair ourselves with gentleness, humor, love, and respect. I think when I can accept love from other people, there's not a lot of room for resentment is what I'm finding. Anyways, this was from Big Red Book, page 590. We may have grown up thinking that some people just knew how to love better than others. Perhaps we marveled at someone famous who seemed to have a deep, meaningful relationship with his or her romantic partner. In meetings, when we hear our truth being sung in another's voice, it affirms that we are not freaks. We are human beings, no better or worse than the person sitting next to us. And as human beings, we can reparent the part of us that was cast aside. We aren't finished products. We can give and take this confusing thing called love. What we hear in others' voices and see in their eyes is that we have value. The music we are making together has meaning. It reaffirms our worth to recognize that we are not alone when we sing to each other. Our song, while it is ours and has parts to it that are ours alone, is not foreign to other ACAs. The singing of truth at meetings is actually an expression of love for each other. Wow, I never thought about that. What we can learn to feel, we can also share with our inner child. On this day, I will teach my inner child to sing to me the truth without fear and to trust that real love takes commitment. And I'm going to make a commitment to check in with my inner child every day until the next podcast episode. And we'll check in and, and you know probably even go back to this passage. I love the fact that, uh, and the next reading, woo, tough topic here, generational grief. Our search for a grief loss can begin by asking this question, what did I receive from my dysfunctional family and what would I receive from loving parents in the same situation? Wow. Now, Tony Robbins says, it's not sometimes the answers, it's the questions. What are the most important questions? And this one is so, so important to like really just put pen and paper or just even type up. We grew up with expectations of normal, supportive behavior, but our expectations were not met. This spawned a grieving process. We didn't realize that previous generations were grieving too, which helps explain, but doesn't excuse their dysfunctional behavior. Yeah, uh, Pia Melody, this is one of the most important points I've, I've gotten in her book about facing codependence, talks about, you know, the fact that, you know, our parents had good intentions doesn't excuse the fact. However, blaming will not solve the problem. Holding someone accountable to will. It's a big difference. And I like here, it talks about dysfunctional behavior. We often say our parents did the best they could with what they had. Unfortunately, what they had was too often not nearly enough, just as what they had received was not enough. And yeah, I mean, I think for me, there's a lot of things that, you know, I would like to do better in my relationships. And, you know, based on what I have, it can sometimes not be enough. So, you know, I, I think... Empathy and gratitude, uh, acceptance, um, you know, the rooms is just such a joy. You know, there's a book called Everything I Learned in Kindergarten. And 
think for me, you know, a book like everything I learned in the rooms, back to the reading, unprocessed grief from our childhoods and our ancestors' childhoods can put us in a perpetual state of mourning. The general generational nature of this is called complicated grief. This grief can hold us hostage, undermine our ability to function well, and adversely complicate relationships. It can contribute to medical problems, yes, because grief has friends called shame, sadness, depression, and insecurity, a great prescription for being unhealthy. Yeah, and I think that is that, um, you know, feeling ashamed of not knowing things that, you know, maybe at a certain age I felt like I should know, but if I was never given it, um, and then, and also understanding, I think that the other thing is to understand, look, Springsteen said, man, we're all broken. We need the artists and the poets to put us back together. What I'm realizing is, you know, I need to become an artist and a poet to put myself back together in some cases, possibly. Back to the reading. In ACA, we uncover the roots of our grief, recognize what we didn't receive as children, and see how we learned to react as a result. ACA teaches us how to stop the grief cycle and, and become our own loving parents. We do the work for ourselves before we can help future generations have less baggage to carry forward. This is a really inspiring message, you know, future generations, future relationships. On this day, I rec recognize the immense grief I carry. I know I can work through it and change my life. Giving myself what I didn't get as a child, I reparent myself using the tools of ACA recovery. And that concludes today's readings for Recovering My Inner Child episode. Until next time, this is Kowan Saluja reminding myself to feel my feelings, to pause because that's where God is, and to love myself. <laughs>